reading is taken from the second chapter of the first letter of Peter, verses 4 to 12, from the NIV version. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God, and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives amongst pagans that although they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Great, good morning. I'm just gonna kick us off by praying if that's all right. Lord God, you are so good. And as we come and just unpack a bit of your word this morning, just ask that you're going to speak to us. Just open our ears. Father, less of me, more of you. Father, we want to receive what you're saying to us, that we might go away blessed to be a blessing. Say amen to what Mike said earlier. Thank you, Father. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Um, for those of you who have not had the pleasure of meeting yet, my name's Alice. Uh, and as well as being a big fan of camping, such that I brought my tent with me to church, more to follow soon, uh, I've got the pleasure of rounding off our sermon series this morning. Um, we've been reading through the passage in 1 Peter 2. Um, so Adrian kicked us off by pointing us, first of all, to Jesus. What a great start. As the foundation to all that we are as his followers our unshakable cornerstone from whom we're grounded, we're built on, defined by him, not by our circumstances or by what others say about us. What a powerful truth <laughs> to start with. Uh, and then from this knowledge, Mike and Adrian explored how it then looks for us being a spiritual house, a chosen people brought together as a people, a family, able to enjoy God's presence woo, and live in the victory that he's won for us. So we've got to explore some familiar concepts, I suppose, so far. A spiritual house, a chosen people, sort of familiar words. Maybe you'd use in your sort of day-to-day -day language. Well, what's this royal priesthood? I've got the tough one, right? <laughs> I don't know about you, it doesn't really come up in my weekly vocab, although maybe a bit more this week you know, in preparation for, for this sermon. But where does it come from? 
what is this word priesthood? What does it mean? Well, in order to unpack that, we've got to go right back to the beginning. I even mean before BC, you know, before COVID, oh, and before more. Um, you see, when God created, he made heaven and earth, right? And he made it, he made it good. He made humans, us in his image, able to enjoy a relationship with him and, and enjoy that life that he designed for us. But, but rather than choosing to walk in that relationship, we decided to go our own way and we allowed sin and pride enter our hearts and corrupt this world that was made for us to enjoy. But great news, God didn't leave us there, did he? He recognised we were going to need a way out, out of our own mess and the pain that we'd created. And so here comes this story of the Israelites, the big part of the first half of the Bible, Old Testament, a group of people who were chosen by God to bring back together what had been separated by sin and man's decision. In Exodus 19, it it describes this relationship, this thing that God was trying to create. This is what you are to say to the descendants of, of Jacob. This is what God's saying to the Israelites. What you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you fully obey me and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Familiar terms here. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be, for me, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. This is what God was saying to the Israelites. So he was creating this group, but called to be used by God to heal this divide that humanity had created. And they were called to do two things. Number one, representing God to the world, reminding them of who he is. And number two, representing man before God in worship and in praise. This is a bit hard to get your head around, isn't it? This is all kind of vague concepts. So let's make this visual, shall we? The moment you've been waiting for, let's get my tent out. But I need, but I need some volunteers, if that's all right. I need the volunteer who was sort of volunteered at seven o'clock this morning when he was semi-awake. Sam Hurst, I think you're going to come and give me a hand, aren't you? I need two... Yeah, round of applause for Sam. <laughs> what would also help is... Because you see a tent normally requires pegging in, doesn't it? And when you, when you do these sorts of analogies, you've got to think it through, and I didn't. Guy ropes don't go into the floor in a church. So I need two volunteer guy slash gal ropes, if that's all right. Adrian Hurst, thank you very much. Come on up. Can I get one more volunteer? Guy slash gal? Oh, Lucy Hurst. <laughs> thank you very much. And Sam, do you want to come round to me? Hurst team on full display here. This is a really good tent, I promise you. It looks really dubious, but it's served me very well. This is my tent. Great. So, thank you very much, Sam. So, so let's start off. So, in the Bible, God actually designed this role of priests, didn't he? This group for the Israelites to perform the priestly duties, a symbol of his deep and powerful reality. But actually, God needs to bring his presence down, his holy presence, to rest somewhere. Now, creation was a mess at this point, and God's presence needed to be somewhere that could be holy. So, he created this place, the holy of holies or my green tent so if you want a bit more detail about that Mike actually shared a really helpful video back from the Bible project so do check that out so Sam you're going to be our representative priest this morning I'm going to just describe to you a little bit about what the job entails if that's all right so there's two jobs wasn't there so number one in representing God to man they actually had very strict rules to follow keep themselves pure and holy so let's let's have a look at you right okay so um let's have a look at your shoes how are you dressed? Are you going to be up for going in? 
Are they comfy shoes? They do the job? Yeah. Good. Okay, so maybe, maybe they'll, they'll pass. What did you have for breakfast? What do you eat? What did you uh, have? I had some waffles this morning. Pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, fancy, I know. It's all right for some, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no to go for breakfast in, uh, in Birmingham. But it's no avocado, is it, really? So, I mean, okay, breakfast. So you're eating? Okay, well, we'll, we'll take that. What about your teeth? Did you brush your teeth this morning? <laughs> uh, I was too busy reading the Bible. <laughs> yeah. I'll do it when get back from the, uh, the Holy Place. Okay, okay, right, right. So, okay, so we'll, we'll allow you into the Holy of Holies. We'll, we'll, we'll work this out. <laughs> this is all a very tenuous analogy, but you go with it. Okay, so, so what do you do? They were the, these people were the constant reminders to the people of who the God was that they were called to follow, how holy it was, but also um, as the people, they were called to be part of the plan of making his world that had been broken good again. The priests were reminding people that we follow him who has made us and now called to be ministers of his blessing. So number two, representing man before God. You get to go into the tent. <laughs> so at certain times of the year, I mean, it might take you a while to get in, so why don't you start now? <laughs> at certain times of the year, the priests would be allowed into this holy place and invited to worship, worship God, the God that they'd studied, but didn't really have a relationship with. They would have to go in through an extensive time of preparation <laughs> and fight their way in, um, into the presence of their holy God. But only they were allowed in, you see. Only they were allowed in. Only they were allowed to go and offer sacrifice and praise to God in the form of some pretty intense sounding sacrifices. But the door was closed. We weren't allowed in. No one else was allowed in. Thank you, Sam. You can come on out. And thank you, Hearst team. You did an excellent job. (laughs) Round of applause. Now, spoiler alert. How do we think this panned out? Do we think the priests did a good job of it all? How do we think the Israelites fared? Well, if you read any of the Bibles, it didn't fare so well. They made a complete mess of it. And essentially, the story of the Old Testament, of this chosen people, the Israelites, was forgetting what God had called them to do time and time again. They just couldn't do it. Not in their own way. Not, not there on their own. They failed repeatedly. Was God surprised? Of course not. Was God caught off guard? Absolutely not. In fact, it was actually time for his plan A. Hebrews 4, chapter 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. That was God's plan A. As beautiful as the temple and the priestly role was amongst the Israelites, there was still a separation between God and man. The people still couldn't enter the presence of Almighty God and enter into that deep relationship that we'd been originally made for. They were unable to live up to God's standard and instead of being the blessing to the nations, they were consumed by the darkness of the world and actually became a part of that darkness. So God himself came in the person of Jesus And let's see how this transformed the role of the priest. Number two volunteer, come on up. And back out with my guy ropes again. (laughs) Thank you very much. You see, when Jesus, this is my wonderful housemate, Charlie, so I'm allowed to touch her. (laughs) 
who again was volunteered very early this morning. You see, when Jesus came and died for us, he brought us back. Our sin and our rejection of God, he took the consequences of, and in this, opened up the door to the tent of the Holy and Holies, such that God's presence, you're allowed to go in, <laughs> now is hidden away. Well done, mate. And you can come on out and leave that door wide open. But it, or if you can get out, well done. Nicely done, smooth, well done. God's presence isn't hidden away anymore. We can, it can come and it can rest where, on its intended place, all of creation, for us to experience and worship him when we choose to follow him. And the blessing continues because Jesus brings with it new identities for us to enjoy. And the blessing continues that when we choose to follow Jesus, we can receive these new identities that he has brought us through the death on the cross. Have you got some identities? What have you guys got? I'm chosen. I'm chosen. What other identities have we got? Rob, what have you got? I'm a living stone. Team Akimi, what have you got? I am called. These are our new identities as, pre- as part of God's royal priesthood bought by the blood of Jesus. The blessing continues that when we choose to follow Jesus, we can receive these new identities that he has bought for us through his death on the cross. We are no longer rejected. We are chosen. We are no longer alone. We are part of a living, breathing, spiritual house, a family of believers. We are now a royal priesthood. Thank you so much. <laughs> Wonderful guy ropes. <laughs> And we don't have to wait outside in the cold any longer. We don't have to cower in the wind and the rain, but we can enter into God's presence and offer our praise and our worship to him like we did at the start of the meeting. But not just in church on a Sunday. You see, we can worship in in the way that we interact with the checkout person or the way that we care for our elderly relatives or the way we write songs or comfort a friend or sing in a dreadful voice as we pedal our way to work. He hears our worship and he loves it. Because our great high priest opened the door to God's presence and said, come on in. Through Jesus, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. But what about representing God before the people? Because it's all well and good, getting us to enter into God's presence and enjoy this relationship with him. But what about those around us? What about this broken world we're living in? What do they see um, and what does this change for them? What's the point in me enjoying the blessing of being in God's presence if it does nothing to the pain and suffering that I see around me? You see, I hadn't realized that for years my mindset was, I hadn't seen how this reality, this truth, this salvation wasn't just about changing my heart now so that I could go and be with him in heaven when I die. Great, I'm saved now and I get to enjoy the realities later on. No, no. That's a short-sighted view of the price that Jesus paid. Instead, Jesus invites us to pray boldly, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth now. God's rescue mission has already started and followers of Jesus, we're invited to be a part of it, to be the hands and feet of Jesus now in the places that we're, we're in to the people that we meet. I've heard it described using the following analogy. Imagine as a child you're being picked, up, picked on in the playground and what you want is your dad to just come in and rescue you and take you out for ice cream, take you away from that situation. But God is interested in a different sort of rescue. A rescue where he comes into the playground, he deals with the bullies 
and not only brings you ice cream, but brings it for your friends too. The temple and the priesthood is a symbol that points to a reality, a reality that's now that says God has not left us. He has come down to earth and is in the business of making wrong right and wants us to partner with him in that process. God wants his temple, the place of his presence, to be the whole of creation. The curtain of the temple was torn in two when Jesus died so that we could enter his presence and his presence could pour over the whole earth that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. But do you really want me, God? Do you really know me? Don't you really see what goes on in my heart, the people that I've hurt, the brokenness I've caused? Do you really still want me? See, when I was praying through this talk, I wasn't feeling particularly priestly, I must confess. And I was on a stint of nights, so you don't particularly feel priestly when you're a bit sleep-deprived, do you? But God reminded me of this story, this story in the Gospels, Luke chapter 7. So listen comfortably, I'm going to tell you a story. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came in there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. And when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man was a prophet, he would know what sort of woman is touching him, that she's a sinner. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And the other guests began to say amongst themselves, who is this? Who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You see, this image, the, the story is entitled in the Bible, The Immoral Woman. This image seems so far, doesn't it, from the Old Testament priest that we talked about at the start. That priest had to keep, work hard to keep himself clean, fighting to keep his position and role, coming into God's presence with no security of what was going to happen. But when you read this story in the gospel, this interaction between Jesus and someone that just wanted to come and fall at his feet, I could see the embodiment of what God was telling me about being a priest in this woman's story. How did she embody the priesthood? By coming as she was to the feet of Jesus, recognizing who he is and that she needed him, pouring out her praise and her worship to him. Yes, in fear and respect of the one who flung stars into space and raised the dead, but she boldly approached God's throne of grace with confidence so that she could receive mercy and find grace to help her in her time of need. You can't help but be changed when you encounter the love of Jesus. You're going to be different. The way you spend your time, the way you spend your money, the way you interact with people, it's going to be different. This passage we've come, we've come to and we've been talking about comes with a challenge from Peter. He says, friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side. And best bit, and be there to join you in the celebration when he arrives. The way we live might be odd to some, even offensive to others, as we live in a countercultural way that doesn't say me first but instead points to Jesus first. For some, this woman at Jesus' feet was an offense. How could she enter the presence of a holy God? 
Doesn't he know what sort of woman is touching him? But she knew what she was called to, anointing the feet of the one who was going to die for her a short while later, and in doing so was pointing all of those around her to the cornerstone, our great high priest, our saviour Jesus. No great theological word, no great intellectual argument, or perfect living, pointing to Jesus and saying, I once was lost and now I'm found. Come and see. Now, maybe you're amongst us today and you wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus. Don't switch off. This is for you as well today. You see, God is willing that all of us come to know him and become part of this promise. He wants you to know that you are chosen and loved and are valued and accepted and that you too have a role in restoring this creation to how he made it because he made it good. Isn't that great? (laughs) It's changed me this week. (laughs) What I'm going to invite us to do is we're going to come into God's presence and we're going to respond however you want to. We're going to sing worship to him. If you just want to be quiet and spend a bit of time praying, that's fine. If you want to sing out praise to him, do that. But what I would encourage you to is don't remember that his presence isn't just here with us. It's out there. Wherever you're going tomorrow, his presence is going with you. You're a royal priesthood. You're a chosen people. Let's go and be his light in the world.